welcome to the latest episode of The Anointed. It's me, George Krivola, speaking from my booth. If we call this a booth, it's an insult to every other booth that exists in the world. It's basically my bedroom. And I am apologizing on behalf of myself and to my fans all around the world that I have uh, not been prudent in the way I've been executing my episodes. After a two-week delay, I'm back and I want to talk about things that are fundamentally dividing us or uniting us together in humanity. As a human race, there are many things that divide us and many things that unite us. But the sad truth is we tend to look at each other by our physical appearances. That's right. Today's topic is a tough one and we're going to talk about race. Race adds color to humanity. Race shows how we are not fundamentally different even though we are superficially different. We are exactly the same. We share the same DNA structure, we share the same experiences, but yet there are things around us that are constantly looking to divide us. Sometimes it can be just our nationalities, it can be our upbringing, it can be a status within our society, but many at times the way we identify ourselves and with each other is the way we look. And racism has taken a toll on humanity in the process. What is supposed to add color due to our uniqueness is now the very fact that is dividing us. So what is racism? If you look at racism by definition, it's defined as the prejudice, discrimination, or the antagonism against a person or people of a, on a basis of their membership of a particular racial or ethnic group, typically the one that is of a minority or marginalized in society. Even though we use the term racism quite often, it is also known by other names like discrimination, prejudice, bigotry, xenophobia, intolerance, or even anti-Semitism. Sadly, history at times is built on the top of ignorance and our racist past, and it has permeated literature and figure of speech. Today, even though racism is outright unacceptable and we are still making changes, but still we continue to use certain phrases, words and terms because we do not know how it even came about. In the world, many of the change in society, as you can see, begins from the most developed of societies or developed of nations. Uh, and United States is always in the forefront of making those changes. With the recent Black Lives Matter, we see that many of these cracks that we have within humanity that is rarely spoken about have been exposed and made us reconsider 
on what our stance is. I am from an Indian origin. I have been living uh, pretty much in different places uh, during my younger years and now I have settled in Singapore. And Singapore is a multicultural society and we can see as a young nation Singapore has created ways in which they could weave different cultures, languages and aspects that would make Singapore an inclusive society. But many countries that surround the world like India or any European nation does not have the luxury of being a young nation. They are built on top of what our forefathers have been built or have been building on and many of things are still considered acceptable uh, even though we clearly know it is no longer the case. So today's podcast is more about the American context in terms of the details that I come across and how we can make change in how we deal with the world every single day. So today I want to focus on the literature aspect of which many of the actions of the past have permeated in the words that we speak. So we use terms like master bedroom in our homes or blacklist or whitelist when it comes to computing or idioms like soul down the river in our everyday speech. And many are so entrenched that we don't think twice about using them. But some of these terms are directly rooted in a nation's history, slavery, and evoke racist notions about the people of minority origins. Words like slave and master, which is so folded into our vocabulary and often unconsciously spoken about, which often reveals the racist past in racism and slavery. In America, with the recent Black Lives Matter, it really exposed how systemic racism is now forcing more and more people to take a critical look at the language we use. So here are some familiar words and phrases that you might consider dropping in, dropping from your vocabulary. So like I shared earlier, master bedroom or bathrooms. A master bedroom typically refers to the largest bedroom in the house and often accompanied by a private bathroom. If you look at any popular property listings today, whether it be in the United States or India, you can always see this term being used in any real estate listings website. The term master referring to a bedroom with an attached bath. The phrase master bedroom first appeared in 1926 in a Sears catalog and it was featured for a Dutch colonial home and the most expensive room or the second largest room in the house was listed as a master bedroom with a private bath. As you can see here, many of these terms are used really frequently in the way we describe our homes. And master bedroom was more widely implemented in American homes after World War II, and it was intended to give the working parents a private space within their own homes. While it's unclear whether the term was rooted in American slavery or plantation 
it still evokes that history now because of its slavery era the connotations every members of the real estate industry are now calling to boycott the term master so you can see in many of the websites uh, which are more advanced in terms of uh, moving things ahead uh, can see they refer the master bedroom as the primary room and the secondary room and so on so we have to find a better word that does not remind us of our dark past the second term is a hit or miss but yet it's around the term of the masters the masters tournament it's one of the four major golf tournaments in the world it's simply called as the masters the history of the name goes back to 1934 when the tournament was first held in augusta national golf club in georgia Clifford Roberts one of the co-founders wanted to call the event the Masters tournament according to the tournament's website but the co-founder Bobby Jones rejected the idea over concerns it was too presumptuous finally Roberts had his way in 1939 and the name is referred to golfers with great skills hence the term masters but many still argue that the name evokes slave and reminds of the dark history because it was originated in the US South where it was more prevalent especially given the history of the golf course where it's being held for decades Augusta National Golf Club required all caddies to be black and it also banned black golfers from the Masters tournament until recently 1975 black members weren't admitted to the club until the 1990s and all women were admitted until 2012 just horrible but it's time for a change and we can see in recent years how things have been evolving and changing as we realized how bad it was the third term i want to bring to mention is the term peanut gallery The phrase typically refers to the cheapest seats in the theater and is usually used to describe critics or hecklers. When someone says no comments from the peanut gallery, it implies that a certain group of commentators is rowdy or uneducated or uninformed. The term dates back to the vaudeville era in the late 19th century. and refer to the section of the theater where black people typically sat we still use those terms in our english literature today but just think about it how bad it was the other term i want to bring to notice is grandfathered in this is a legal term broadly referring to the grandfather clause adopted by the seven southern states during the reconstruction era Under it, anyone who was able to vote before 1867 was exempt from literacy tests, property requirements, and poll taxes needed for voting. But enslaved black people were not freed until 1865, when the 13th Amendment was passed, and weren't granted the right to vote until the 15th Amendment was passed in the 1870s. 
the grandfather clause effectively excludes from them from voting a practice that continued until the 1960s according to encyclopedia britannica now grandfathered in basically means that a person or a company are exempt from following new laws but grandfather clause in the original context is a disenfranchised black american cultural of cultural significance for decades the next term i want to bring about is uh, cakewalk it's what we call an easy victory or something that is easily easily accomplished a cakewalk originated as a dance performed by enslaved black people on plantation before civil war it was intended to be a mockery of the way white people danced though plantation owners often interpreted slave movements as unskilled and attempted to be like them owners even held contests in which enslaved black people compete for a cake <laughs> I, i mean i'm i'm just speechless just thinking about these practices and how ignorant we were as human beings the next term is a commonly used term is a lynch mob the racist roots of the phrase are hidden in plain sight though it's an umbrella term used for an unjust attack lynch mob originated as hordes of people who are mostly white who torture and kill black people often by hanging them as a form of vigilante justice in the 19th and 20th century black americans could be lynched for speaking to a white person or being perceived as insubordinate white americans have since co-opted the term to be characterized what they feel is undue punishment president trump uses this term quite often especially during his impeachment trial but yet we still use this term even till this date forgetting who were the real victim of lynching in america the next term that we use is the term uppity it's an epithet used by white people in the jim crow era to describe black people that believed weren't showing them enough deference and like i said earlier people who they thought were uppity often were dealt with cruel punishment and often lynching eventually the next term and probably last term that i want to bring to your notice is uh, sold down the river while this phrase now refers to a devastating betrayal its history is frightening in the 1800s black slaves were literally sold down the river where slave traders traveled along the mississippi river selling enslaved people to plantation owners further south there awaited their inhumane conditions and brutal labor that often ended in death thus 
sold on the river was often reality of life in crushing circumstances we unwittingly evoke racism when we use phrases like these for an exaggeration but it still does not take the weight of reality for those who suffered them and are still paying a huge price for the dark past there are some other terms that have a racist root but yet we use in our daily lives especially when it comes to technology and computing terms like master and slave and whitelisting and blacklisting and uh, having a black mark all have a negative term and technology companies are taking steps to ensure that these terms don't continue to be used but here's the thing we are not perfect but the fact still remains that our ins- our ignorance has permeated every aspect of our lives unknowingly while we s- are still evolving on this matter let's continue to seek and learn to be adaptable for change and to change it is time we examine ourselves not everything should be done in the spirit of causing harm or disruption and if we learn and allow others and ourselves to forgive and to be forgiven we would make significant strides to move humanity forward.